This morning, what I want to reflect with you about is worldviews. Worldviews are really important in our lives. They're the, they're the matrix or kind of the, the framework that we fit experience and our uh, sense of reality into. Some people will say perhaps uh, a philosophy of life, but that's a little different actually. Because usually if you have a quote-unquote philosophy of life, you've thought about that. You've thought through what you think is true. Worldviews are in a certain sense even more powerful because frequently the way worldviews work is that we don't even know we have them. And so my, one of my favorite scholars, N.T. Wright, he has a wonderful analogy for this. He says, worldviews are like glasses. We don't look at our glasses, we look through them. And the only time, if you're a person who wears glasses, you understand. If you don't wear glasses, you can deal with it because you stink. It's not fair. Actually, I love my glasses. I look weird without them anymore. But anyway, if you, um, if you have glasses, you know the only time you look at your glasses is when something's wrong. The only time I look at my glasses is when they get dirty or when I spill something on them. I don't know how that's possible, but I do. Uh, or maybe if a lens falls out, which happens every once in a while. That's the only time we look at glasses. The rest of the time, we look through them. And that's, and a worldview operates that way. We don't actually live consciously in light of our worldview. We assume our worldview. And that's what makes them so powerful and so dangerous. They can be very good as well. A side note on that, by the way, one of my biggest pet peeves is, have you ever had someone kind of tell you that you're biased because you're a Christian, but they, are, they kind of give this air of, well, I'm a secular person, and so I don't have a bias. Anybody ever felt that way? Okay, then you're not proclaiming your faith enough in the world. People who don't have faith oftentimes think they're just neutral and objective. This is really important. That's impossible. Anyone who knows anything about philosophy or knows anything about worldviews and the way human beings think, it is impossible for a human being to be totally neutral and objective. And when people say that, what's going on is they haven't recognized that they have glasses on, that they look at the world through a certain lens. This morning, what I wanna th- want you to think about with me is that the, the dominant worldview in some ways in our time, there are a number of them, but one of them is called postmodernism. And post- the way worldviews work, the way they communicate is through story. You and I live for stories. We, we live by them, we live for them. I gave this talk, something kind of similar on Friday night, and I wish we had more time to talk because I got to go to Fort Collins Friday night and I spoke to about 75 men. And uh, we, I got to talk for an hour, but they had beer. And so they, you can get away with longer. And I know what the guys are thinking, but don't even think it. We can't do it. Um, 
But postmodernism, it lives by a story. It tells you and I a story. And that the big truth, that, or it's not a truth, the message postmodernism tries to communicate to you and I is that there are no big truths. The central teaching of postmodernism is that there's no big truths. There's only perspectives. There's no big truths. There are only perspectives. And so let me give you a couple examples. And the way postmodernism tries to convince you and I of that is by telling stories. Every worldview does that. A worldview tells stories. So in our time, the most powerful storytellers tend to be in Hollywood. So how many of you, there's a great movie, how many of you have seen the movie How to Train Your Dragon? Okay, the rest of you have to get with it. I don't even own a television, and I've seen this. My parents, it's one of my parents' favorite movies, and they like to pretend it's for the grandkids. Uh, it's really a delightful movie, and I, was cor- I thought it was Pixar, but I was corrected by multiple people after the last mass that it's actually DreamWorks, whatever, same thing. They, but the story, what's so interesting about it, is that uh, there's two kind of protagonists in this movie. And one of them is, is a young boy, teenage boy, and the other one is a dragon. And traditionally, in Western civilization, because of Christianity, dragons have traditionally been a symbol of what? Of evil. Dragons in Western civilization and in Christianity are a symbol of evil. But in How to Train Your Dragon, we learn that we were wrong and that it was just a matter of perspective. We just misunderstood dragons. That's a postmodern attitude. The other one that's maybe the best example, and I actually haven't seen this, but there's a a play, a Broadway play called Wicked. And the central premise of Wicked is that we always thought the Wicked Witch of the West from the Wizard of Oz was evil. But really, we just misunderstood her. And it's all a matter of perspective. So postmodernism, brothers and sisters, postmodernism says to us, There aren't good people and bad people. There's just perspectives. And if you don't think you're affected by that, you're wrong. We live in that culture. If you ever try to share your faith, the thing that you get scared about, I guarantee it, is you think, if I share my faith with someone, they're going to think that I'm telling them they're bad or that my religion is better than theirs. That's a postmodern idea. Of course you think your religion's better than theirs, otherwise you'd be in theirs. It doesn't mean that you're better than them. But postmodernism says, there's no truth. Don't share Christianity with me, because all there really is is perspective. There is no truth. Why do I bring all this up? N.T. Wright says the only time we look at our glasses is when something goes wrong that contradicts our worldview. 
and we realize the way we look at the world, something's off. And the reason I bring all this up is because of the terrorist attacks in Paris on Friday. Something is wrong with the world's worldview. The great weakness of postmodernism, at least one of them, I mean, first, it's logically inconsistent, but secondly, postmodernism, brothers and sisters, cannot deal with evil. It can't do it, and here's why. If all we have is perspectives, there is no good and there is no evil. There's only viewpoints. And the modern world, the postmodern world, has been telling you and I this for almost a century. In subtle ways, in movies, in music, in conversations, in your workplaces. And the great sin of the modern world, of our time of the postmodern world, worse than anything, we always joke about this in my priesthood community, you can do anything you want to do as long as you're not, quote-unquote, judgmental. Which boils down to thinking you're actually right about something. That's the great sin. That's a story. That's a perspective. That's a worldview. And with the bombings and the, the terrorist attack in Paris, brothers and sisters, our current view of things, our current lens in America cannot deal with the problem of evil. Because on one side, what we all want to say, and everybody has, all these world leaders came out and they condemned the bombings and they said, this is so evil and bad and how could anyone do something clearly so wrong? And at the same time in our country, we have an attitude that there is no right or wrong. You can do as much as you want as long as you're not explicitly killing someone. If there's only perspectives, there is no good and there is no evil. It's time that we took off our glasses and we looked at them and we said, something's wrong here. Something's off. We're not seeing reality in the right way. There is good. There is evil. The, the worldview before postmodernism was modernism. And the thing that caused modernism largely to die, it's still with us, was World War I and II. Because modernism, before postmodernism, modernism said everything's just going to get better and better and better. And science and progress were the key words. And we're going to eliminate evil because now we're scientific and we're smart. And everybody thought that way. And then the two worst battles and wars in the history of the world happened. And people realized that their worldview was off. It's happening again. It should happen again. We should take our glasses off. How do you and I as Christians respond to this? Brothers and sisters, you've heard me quote it before again and again. 1 Corinthians 2.16 We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. You and I do not think the way the world thinks. We think the way he thinks. 
And there's all kinds of reactions that are going to be coming out in the coming weeks and months. How do we fight terrorism? How do we fight evil? And there'll be some good ones. There'll be thoughts of, well, we need to create peace in the Middle East, and we need to uh, educate people better, and we need to have more just systems of government. Those are all fine and good. Jesus Christ fought evil <laughs> through love. You see, evil is a, is a co-principle. Evil only makes sense. The opposite of evil is good. The way that Jesus Christ faced evil in the world was through his cross. It wasn't through really smart strategies. It was by loving God and loving us. And the answer to evil in the world, as good as a political solution might help, the answer to evil in the world is not politics. It's saints. The answer to evil is Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's the Christian worldview. The, the glasses that we have, while there might be other good answers, the main answer has to be for you and I to become holy. That's how evil is overcome in the world. Thomas Merton says this, and he's talking in, in this essay about peace. And he says, you know, peace is so much more than just the absence of war. Peace is a positive thing. It's not just the absence of something. And he says this. He says, instead of loving what you think is peace, love other men and love God above all. And instead of hating the people you think are war makers, hate the appetites and the disorder in your own soul, which are the causes of war. If you love peace, then hate injustice, hate tyranny, hate greed, but hate these things in yourself and not in another. You and I have the mind of Christ. We're different. <laughs> we answer evil in a different way, not through power, through weakness. We answer evil in the world by knowing that Jesus Christ conquered sin and death in humility, in obedience, and in love. And so, Lord, very simply this morning, Jesus, we, we pray for the people of France. We pray for those who have died. We pray for our enemies. But Lord, we pray that you would make us truly good. 